Look, let's face facts. Even I'm fucking surprised that I'm putting a podcast on on a Sunday night. You're in the doghouse. What's up, cats and kittens? It is your boy, D-Roy, and this is the Doghouse Fantasy Football Podcast. Find me on Twitter and Instagram at RoyDog underscore 13, and still going over on Facebook, Dennis M. Roy. How is everybody doing? How is everybody doing with the off football weekend? I can tell you one thing, I'm extremely fucking bored. Extremely bored. The Pro Bowl. Boring. This bush race at the Coliseum, boring, but I'm actually kind of interested in it, and Ice Cube is doing his thing, and uh, the fact that Ice Cube is actually at the, at a fucking NASCAR race is just amazing. <laughs> look at the, look at all that white trash, <laughs> look at it all, look at it all. Oh, man, so the AFC beat the NFC again, fifth year in a row, 41 to 35, Oh, such an uninteresting game, but I did watch it. I watched it for the most part. Got some chores done around the house while I was doing it, too. You know, get some laundry, dishes, all that jazz. Also was working on the uh, uh, depth charts. I have three divisions done, still have five to go. I'm going to be working on them uh, this week uh, as well, considering the fact that, I mean, Let's face it, we have one game to kind of go over, um, and i got to try and find some filler content for the rest of the week. I'm trying to put some goddamn podcasts out, but maybe we'll just talk about random bullshit. Um, one of the things that did happen today, the Dolphins did hire uh, former 49ers offensive coordinator Mike McDaniel as a head coach. Uh, and, of course, the big conversation which it really shouldn't be a conversation but this is the nfl's own fucking fault is that mike mcdaniel is biracial uh so good great grand wonderful um i don't know what else to say i really i don't know what else to say about this shit um good for him uh i think he's definitely earned it uh, working under Kyle Shanahan. So we'll see how the Dolphins do. Uh, you know, bringing him in still with Tua, that was the big deal. He had You had to have Tua at quarterback if you were going to be there. And apparently he's willing to do it. So <sighs> nice sip of coffee there. Uh, but we do have the Super Bowl coming up in a week. Got a whole fucking week to just do nothing but talk about the Super Bowl. Um, so what we are going to do today uh, is we'll we'll go through the spreadsheet like normal. Um, one of these days we are going to have to kind of go through 
um, the Vegas lines and stuff, and maybe you know, just go through Vegas. Um, how am I going to do this? Maybe we'll just do we'll we'll separate two podcasts into into the betting. Um, probably later in the week, uh, I'll pay attention and see if some of the fun bets and stuff come up there uh, on FanDuel and DraftKings. And then um, we'll just kind of go through it. We'll go through them separately per site. Uh, have one as a FanDuel podcast, and then we'll do one as a DraftKings podcast. Um, <clears throat> and then maybe maybe we'll take a look at uh, maybe we'll take a look at one or two other sites and see if there's any differences. I really don't want to get into sports betting too much. Uh, I don't delve into it all that often. I do my little parlay bets and stuff when I'm in Illinois. Uh, you know, at work, parked off, you know, at a truck stop or whatever, and just kind of put it in there. It's my stuff to do. So we'll see. We'll see um, what we're going to do. But uh, we'll talk about we'll talk about the game today, like I said. Uh, we'll go through each team. We'll just go through each team just like normal. We'll talk about pricing and stuff. Uh, players have been added that probably will not see the field, uh, but I'm just putting them in there because the way that I the way that I do the spreadsheet, the way that I send it out is the original spreadsheet is the one that has all the formulas. Uh, but to make sure that I can get it sent out to everybody, um, I actually have to take the formulas out or basically copy and paste with just the regular numbers. So the one that I send out is completely static. You can't change anything unless you manually go in there. Um, that's kind of what takes a little bit of time. It takes a good hour uh, to go, hour, hour and a half to go through everything and then get the email sent out. So um, this, I mean, you know, one game doesn't take that much. It's just one swoop and it's done. But um if there's anything that comes up, you know, I have all the injuries that are updated through yesterday, uh, actually through yesterday, through today. Um, so we should be pretty good to go and just manually work off of that. Um, if I notice anything where players have been added, uh, like for instance, like uh, JJ Koski gets brought up, Landon Akers, Warren Jackson, the wide receivers for the uh, LA Rams, then, you know, I'll, I'll get them added in there. And resent out, but um, you know, I'll probably end up just sending out an updated copy every day, uh, as it uh, as I see fit. You know, we get any news, like say offensive tackle Trent Williams is no longer questionable, um, then I'll have that all changed out for you. But it is what it is. It's Super Bowl week. We know that it's a showdown slate, so. It's also one showdown slate that I do not want to walk in with a single entry um, contest. I will have a single entry, um, me, myself, and I, uh, but I am probably going to run no less than probably five lineups out, if not 10, with basically kind of a like a little core and then just kind of covering my ass. Um the thing that's kind of nice with the Rams and the Bengals is generally like say wide receiver positions, tight ends um, are generally, you know, they are what they are. You know, nobody else is getting, um, 
any time, any any targets really. But I mean, you look at say the Rams with Tyler Higby, who's questionable. We know we do know the guy that would be filling in would be Kendall Blanton. Um, there's stuff like that. Van Jefferson is questionable, but uh, uh, should be good to go. But if Van Jefferson doesn't go in there, who steps up? It's Ben Skoranek, or however the fuck you say that. Um, We also do have Cam Akers, questionable. That's kind of a big deal right there, um, because that would mean that you'd get more touches for Sony Michelle. Maybe Jake Funk, but... If you actually look at the spreadsheet, Daryl Henderson Jr. has not um, been ruled out for the Super Bowl. He hasn't been activated from IR, but he does have the return designation. Um, they have the; they're well within the; they're going to be well within the twenty-one day window. So he could be activated. We need to pay attention to that. Okay. So, without further ado, here we go. We got the LA Rams at Cincinnati Bengals. It is at Cincinnati Bengals. Even though it's at SoFi Stadium where the LA Rams play, Cincinnati is the home team. Rams are the visiting team. Now, I would imagine that the Rams get to keep their home locker room, but uh, it's kind of weird. Tampa last year was the home team. In their own stadium, so, you know, it flip-flops each year. You know, AFC, NFC being the home team. So they drew the short straw for the year, but uh, I'm pretty sure they get to enjoy their own creature conference in their own locker room. So L.A. Rams opened as a a 3.5-point favorite. 50.5 was the over-under. It is now L.A. Rams 4.5. So it's getting bet up. Uh, 48.5 is now the over-under. So the over-under went down, but the Rams now have an increased one-point advantage. Interesting. Interesting. Now, when we get into this stuff, we're going to talk about, you know, what their price ranks are. It's in totality of every single position that, uh, or every single player that is available on the slate. So it's not Matthew Stafford is the second-ranked quarterback here, fifth-ranked quarterback here, second-ranked quarterback. It's total players. That's the difference between the showdowns and even if we have a two-game primetime slate uh, and then the regular slates whatsoever. So, um, So when we go here, we talk about the quarterbacks, right? We don't need to talk about John Wolford. We don't need to talk about Bryce Perkins. They're not going to see the field. But Matthew Stafford is, and he goes. 15500 on FanDuel, $30 on Yahoo, and 10800 over on DK. Good for second, fifth, and second. Now, remember, FanDuel and Yahoo are regularly priced. They're priced as basically one and a half. Um, you don't pay any extra for putting them in the MVP, MVP slash captain spot. DraftKings is their regular price. It's not put up at the one and a half uh, price for the captain spot. So when you look at that 10,800, you are going to pay one, basically multiply by 1.5. And that's going to be his DK price at the captain spot. 
So 10,800, you're looking at basically 16,002, if I'm doing that correctly. Yeah. So you got to keep that in mind. Um, Is it possible to put Matthew Stafford in the captain spot? Yes, it is. Absolutely. Uh, He's going to be going against Bengals' pass defense that that finished the season. Now, this is regular season numbers. This is not playoffs. Okay, we put I put what the quarterbacks, what the running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, kickers, and defenses have done against said team each week, statistically. So you got to keep an eye on that. All right, so twenty fourth ranked pass defense, nineteenth in total defense to end the season. Uh, 14th in points allowed to the quarterback position, 17.6 on FanDuel, 18.9 on DK. When we're doing showdowns, you're looking at total points per position. So we need to figure out who's going who's gonna to get the right amount of points, and this usually comes down to your value, guys, um, so you can fit your big boys in. So that's how we're figuring this one out, you know. So is their price point basically worth adding in there for their total points? You're not looking for value. You're not looking for a value. You're not looking at 15,500 and, oh, my God, we need to have 45 points. No, that's not how this works. Not looking at DraftKings, 10,800. Oh, we got to get 30 points there. No, that's not how this works. You want the total points. So mostly from a quarterback st- uh, position, you're looking for 20 and higher if you want to put them in there because of how high price they usually are. Um, so we look at the last three weeks. So wild card, and it's nice that they both had, uh, did not have the bye week, of course. Uh, they have the third, or they have the wild card, the divisional, and the conference uh, statistics to look at. So David Carr against the Cincinnati Bengals was 29 of 54, 310 yards, one touchdown, one interception, uh, and had a rush for 20 yards. Ryan Tannehill, 15 of 24 for 220 yards, one touchdown, three interceptions, three rushing attempts for 12 yards, and Patrick Mahomes, 26 of 39 for 275, three touchdowns, two interceptions, and three rushes for 19 yards. Now, the funny thing about most of the most of this, and, and this doesn't really include uh, the first game, but the last two games, basically the Bengals have been coming from behind. You know, slow starts in the first half, and then really adjusted and turned it on in the second to win their games, especially in that uh, one against Kansas City when they started mounting that comeback. Uh, because the Kansas City Chiefs basically were shut down after, especially after that uh, terrible play from Patrick Mahomes to Tyreek Hill, uh, and then that's when the tide really turned, and you knew it. If you felt it, you knew it. So, is Matthew Stafford worth inserting? I think he may be. But Matthew Stafford, if you're going to compare him versus Joe Burrow, 
yeah, he is the more experienced quarterback, but he's also the one that's been more turnover prone. Even in the wins. So we have to put that in consideration, especially if we're thinking about using, you know, kind of getting kind of getting a little uh, off the radar in using the Cincinnati Bengals defense, who has been playing very well lately. At running back, Sony Michelle, 7,500, 14, and 5,000. Good for 15th, 16th, and 15th. Cam Akers, 10,000, 19, and 6,400. Good for 8th, 11th, and 8th. That price over on DK is fantastic for the running backs. Uh, we'll skip Jake Funk. I will talk about Daryl Henderson if he ends up playing and say if Cam Akers sits. 8,000, 13, and 1,600. Good for 12th, 18th, and 26th. Those are the only three running backs that I can see making a difference in this game. It's a little weird when you're looking here, and Daryl Henderson is actually priced up more than Sony Michelle on FanDuel, uh, but not on the other two sites. So, is it going to be worth his value if he start or if he ends up playing? You'd be trusting a running back coming off injured reserve. I think if Cam Akers is not playing, I think Sony Michelle is definitely really in play. Um, Bengals 13th in rush defense DVOA. 19th versus a running back in the passing game. 20th in points allowed to the RB position. 21.3 on FanDuel and 25.4 on DK. So if there's a running back... If there's a couple of running backs that I really want to look at, it's Sony Michelle and Cam Akers. I would really be on Sony Michelle and probably locking him in if Cam Akers would end up not playing. He had that shoulder injury. Is he going to be ready to go having the bye week? Now, we did see Dalvin Cook have a similar injury. Put the harness on. You could see it on Cam Akers after it happened, and he came back in, and he played fine. So... If there's questions about Cam Akers coming into the game, I think a lot of people are going to hop on Sony Michelle, and I might go the other way and go Cam Akers. There's been a lot of shit talking about Cam Akers that he hasn't been any good. But, I mean, if you really look at the defenses that he's been playing, he shouldn't have been doing good. But he wasn't horrible outside of the two fumbles. Should have had a touchdown in the Buccaneers game, but he fumbled. Now, the things that we, a couple of things that we really have to keep an eye on are offensive tackle Trent Williams, still questionable with that ankle, and offensive tackle Joe Nobloom, who would fill in for Trent Williams uh, if he wasn't ready to go, questionable with the pectoral strain. I believe, man, did I put fucking Trent Williams in there? That is not who I wanted. Jesus Christ. Got to be shit me. I got to go in here and change all of that. It's Andrew Whitworth. Andrew Whitworth. How the fuck did that go in there? How the fuck did that go in there? Amazing. Fucking amazing. So stupid. And now I got two spreadsheets that I have to do this on too. Um, but it's Andrew Whitworth. If he can't go, it would be Joe Notebloom in there, but I believe Andrew Whitworth is going to be end up, you know, playing. Um 
<laughs> it's just so stupid. So fucking dumb. Uh, sorry, I'm changing this while we're doing this. Because it's going to fucking bother me if I don't. Um, but running backs have been generally successful against um, Cincinnati to a point. To a point. If they're the main back in there. Now, Cincinnati, you'll notice also, too, that I've added uh, some of the defensive guys that are questionable um, to play D-tackle Josh Tupelo, questionable with a knee. I don't know his status. We'll have to keep an eye on it, but I'm going to keep those in there, too, um, unless they come out. So Josh Jacobs in the wild card round was 13-83 on the ground, four of caught four or five targets for 44 yards. Not bad. Not bad at all, especially over on DK. Uh, you know, the big one, Derrick Henry, was 20-62 for a touchdown, but you also had Foreman, who had four rushes for 66 yards, and uh, uh, Hilliard, who was 3-for-3 three three on uh, receptions uh, for 13 yards. So, I mean, you add it all together, it still goes over 100 yards there. Was not a bad game for um, the running backs outside of the fact, you know, even for the fact that, I mean, they were focusing the shit out of stopping Derrick Henry, and they still ended up with those, you know, we still ended up having those statistics for Tennessee. There's openings. There are openings. And then last week with the Kansas City Chiefs, you had Jarek McKinnon, uh, 12 for 65 on the ground. Uh, caught three or four targets for 30 yards. Clyde Edwards-Alaire was six for 36 on the ground uh, and then caught one of two targets for four yards. So uh, not bad, not bad at all. It's another, it's 120. Oh, my God. It's between 120 and 130 for each one. Jacobs had it, then the Henry Foreman-Hilliard, and then McKinnon and CEH. Interesting. Wow, that's kind of interesting. So if you were able to get a running back all by himself, holy shit. So, yeah, I mean, if Cam Akers isn't good to go or if we have questions, see, this is why I'm running the extra lineups because I kind of want to just use one or the other. In my lineups. Now, Michelle will be easier to fit than Cam Akers, of course, but um, wow. Wow. And I could see I could see if there's questions that they'd put Sony in there. Interesting. That's interesting. I didn't even notice that until just now. That that was that that was the definite range. <laughs> Do we have any touchdowns out of them, though? Henry had the touchdown. Nobody else had a touchdown. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know if that's worth an MVP spot. But we'll get back to it. We have all week. That's interesting, though. Um. All right. So now we get to the wide receivers. You're going to have Odell Beckham Jr., 10,523 and 8,400 good for 6th, 7th, and 6th. Cooper Cup, of course, 
is going to be the guy that everybody's going to want to jam in. 16,000, 41, and 11,600 good for first across the board. And then Van Jefferson, 7,000, 13, and 5,200 good for 17th, 18th, and 14th. Oh, we got to go back into the target spreadsheets. We'll do that. That's what we can do tomorrow. Um, so DVOA wise, I guess wide receiver one, which we always put as, you know, the guy on the outside, which is going to be Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, six in DVOA this season, 27th against the wide receiver two, which is going to be Cooper Cup, and then 12th versus the wide receiver plus, And that is Van Jefferson. Chidobi Awuzie would be the guy lining up with Odell Beckham Jr. Mike Hilton, uh, who is at a huge disadvantage against one Cooper Cup in the slot, although Cooper Cup will see, you know, all over the field. Uh, they all will. They rotate it. And then Van Jefferson against one Eli Apple. Uh, Awuzie and Eli Apple have the slight advantages, but I'm not really scared of either one. Um reason being uh, the Cincinnati Bengals 13th in points allowed to the wide receiver position as a whole. Uh, 28.3 on FanDuel, 35 points per game on DraftKings. Um, defensive end Cam Sample is also questionable with a groin. Pay attention to that. Groins are a lot harder to come back from than, say, uh, knee. You know, knee could be anything. Groin, mm going to have a problem there you're going to have a ball pop out Pfft, who knows but i mean really this is the reason why i, I don't fear uh woozie and apple so against the raiders the cincinnati Bengals uh had uh you know we're up against zay jones who caught five of eight targets for 61 yards and a touchdown that was almost exclusively on a woozie uh, Renfro in the slot, eight, caught 8 of 11 targets for 58 yards. Not a terrific game if you paid up for him. Um, but Cooper Cup's a whole different beast. And then he had Brian Edwards on the outside, on the other side, 3 of 6 for 41 yards, and that was almost exclusively against Eli Apple. So Van Jefferson at his price mm, might be worth it at this point. Uh, we go to the Tampa Bay, the Tampa Bay, why do I have Brown in there? I have another one I got to fix. What am I looking at? Oh, duh, duh, duh. This is against Tennessee. I keep thinking this is Tampa for whatever reason. Uh, AJ Brown. Five of nine for 142 and a touchdown. He was lined up against both Wouzier and Apple at times. Same with uh, Julio Jones, who caught six of seven targets for 62. So it was primarily on the outside. Of course, they don't really have anybody on the inside. Uh, so Mike Hilton was kind of, uh, you know, off the hook for that game. So if you got a real stud wide receiver on the outside, he can get the job done. Uh, Tyreek Hill who faced Eli Apple most of the game, you know, for Kansas City. Uh, caught 7 of 10 targets for 78 yards, and I can't spell yards, apparently. And one touchdown, Hardman, uh, who was on the Awuzie side, caught 3 of 4 targets uh, for 52 yards and a touchdown. But that touchdown came on the, the Eli Apple side, actually. Um, also had two rushes for 18 yards. So 
we're not scared here. Um, I think it puts more. Uh, Od- this puts more um, of Odell Beckham in into play than I really think it puts Van Jefferson. He seems to be targeting uh, two wide receivers at the most, and that's Beckham and Cup. We'll get to that tomorrow. Um, Hardman outdid Pringle. Pringle was in the slot more, but he didn't really do much of anything. So, you know, the outside guys, you know, Hill even lines up inside. Um, really got the job done there. But, uh, yeah, I still think it, I still think this is going to be more of an Odell Beckham than it will be a Van Jefferson. But I'm not counting Van Jefferson out. Um I'm not going to count Ben Skalrenik Skalrenik out. (laughs) Uh, 6,010 and 600, good for 20th, 22nd, and 28th. Um, I want to take a look at him. I got to get his snap counts from last week, actually the last couple of weeks all through the playoffs Um, because I'm really interested to see what's going on there because that might be, I mean, he almost had a fucking touchdown last week. He fucking dropped it. It was right there. And that's more that's been more than one time that Matt Stafford has pulled the fucking trigger to that kid. So I think we can put him into consideration as well. Uh, especially if you don't want to do the Van Jefferson one and you kinda of want to go shot in the dark, you know, Deshaun Jackson esque. I think it I think him that Skowronek kid um, might be in play. Now we move to the tight end position. Tyler Higby, of course, is questionable. Um, got hurt early in the game, and um, Kendall Blanton basically did everything that I expected for Tyler Higby. We talked about this. Um, so here's their pricing: eight thousand, nineteen, and forty-eight hundred for Tyler Higby. Good for twelfth, eleventh, and sixteenth. Kendall Blanton, 8,000, 14, and 4,600, good for 12th, 16th, and 17th. I'm really scared about this <laughs> because we got to pay attention to Tyler Higby. We got to see how everything's going with practices this week, see if he's truly ready to go. If not, I think we can pull the trigger on Kendall Blanton. You get a couple bucks uh, discount over on Yahoo. Uh, especially over on Yahoo, and then you get a couple dollars off on him on DK. So I do think he's in play. Bengals were 24th in DVOA versus the tight end, 26 in points allowed to the tight end position at 12 points per game on FanDuel, 15.4 on DK, drawing the assignment against Logan Wilson. Whatever Tyler Higby can do, Kendall Blanton can do. I think that's what we we have to acknowledge, okay? Because Kendall Blanton has been successful in two straight games against Tampa Bay and against the San Francisco 49ers. The 49ers one was a little bit more impressive because that was a tougher matchup. Um, but I did say that Tyler Higby could get it done. He had, you know, you know, history, a really good history in that matchup. So... And if we look at the tight ends that have faced off against the Cincinnati Bengals, you got Darren Waller, basically returned uh, that game. He went 7-12 for 76 yards. That would be good at that price point. 
You would take seven for 76 at that price point. Uh, Anthony Ferkser just didn't do anything. Uh, didn't catch his lone target. Uh, he was the only tight end that was targeted, which was really fucking weird. Like, if you're going to fuck me over, fuck me over with another tight end on that team. Like, literally got it right that that was the guy they were going to throw to. And they, really, one fucking target. Way to go, Ryan Tannehill. Uh, such a bitch move. And then you had uh, Travis Kelsey, who, of course, wrote up. Um, he was basically the only six really super successful and stable target all through that game uh, for Kansas City. He caught 10 of 11 targets for 95 yards and a touchdown. If he paid up for him, it was worth it. So, But now we do have kickers involved only on two sites. So FanDuel, DK. You got Matt Gay for the L.A. Rams, 9,500. And 3,800 over on DK. Good for ninth. Good for 22nd over on DK. So he is quite a value. How have kickers fared against a Bengals team that is ninth in points allowed to the kicker position at 6.47 points per game? Daniel Carlson for the Raiders. Hit all four field goals and an extra point. So basically, if you just do basic, Three times, three times, you know, for each field goal, uh, you had no less than thirteen points out of him. Uh, Randy Bullock hit his field goal, hit his extra point, bare bottom, four points there. And then you had Harrison Bucker, who had one field goal, three extra points, so six points there. To have a successful kicker you're going to want him to be in that Carlson range up there to make him worth it. Uh, specifically, really, over on FanDuel because they price him up as much as they do. DK, you can probably get away from it, but you really do want to look at that 9.6 points per game if you're going to pull the trigger on it. L.A. Rams defense, no defense on FanDuel. They go all, all offense there. But we got defenses on Yahoo and over on DK. $17 for the Rams on Yahoo, $3,400 over on DK. Good for 13th, good for 23rd. During the season, the Bengals, 16th in points allowed to opposing team defenses at 6.24 points per game. So right in the middle, offensive line, as much shit as they've been giving them, they're right in the middle of the pack, which is kind of surprising, right? Um, the first game against the Raiders, the Raiders had two sacks, had five quarterback hits. Of course, you're only getting points for the sacks. Um, could do points allowed, but come on, come on. We want to look at the little stuff. We want to look at that little stuff. Against the Tennessee Titans, they had nine sacks, 13 quarterback hits, and one interception. Most of that on Joe Burrow because he holds the ball a lot. So... Then we move on to Kansas City, only one sack, had four quarterback hits, but did get an INT. So where is this defense going to go? Now, they do hold an advantage. If you go down to the Bengals, you look at the offensive line. They hold over a 22.5% advantage. I want to say this was actually at about 40% advantage over the Cincinnati Bengals offensive line. I hate to say it, 
um, and they also hold a slight advantage over the rushing the rushing uh, uh, points of the Bengals offensive line. So uh, between zero and seven seven and a half percent advantage over there. So this Rams defense is going to fucking bring it. They are going to fucking bring it. The only question is whether or not they can get enough sacks to basically pull the points up. Can they get a touchdown? The Rams, if you could get 10 points out of your defense, I think in this game, with that lower you know cost on there, I think... I think it's going to be good. I mean, I I don't know if I can use the Rams and Matt Stafford, but I can use the Rams defense, and I could use Sonny Michelle and Cam Akers, right? Because if the defense is doing really good, they should hold an advantage on there. They'll also help you pay up for, you know, um, Cooper Cup, who I think, in my humble opinion, is a guy that we're probably going to jam in there. Maybe not an MVP, which I mean, you certainly can. You certainly can on FanDuel and Yahoo because they don't price it up. Uh, but over on DK, I don't know if I'm going to put them in there. Although you probably could, though, if you put Matt Gay and the Rams defense in there and just hope that nobody else is going to actually do something. But I digress. I digress there, folks. But uh, let's take a look at the Cincinnati side. Joe Burrow, of course, everybody's going to want to use Joe Burrow. Uh, 15,033 and 10,600, good for third, third, and third. I guess third across the board. Uh, The L.A. Rams pass defense, sixth in DVOA this season, fifth in total defense overall, fourth in points allowed to the quarterback position, 16.3 on FanDuel and 17.5 over on DK. Oh, man, is Joe Burrow going to be worth it? Is he going to be worth it to put in there? Well, let's take a look. Kyler Murray, 19 of 34 for 137 through the air. Zero touchdowns, two interceptions. Not a good start. Two rushes for six yards. Tom Brady, 30 of 54 for 329 yards. So he got the DK bonus for the 300. One touchdown and one interception with one rush for zero yards. Still, at a high price like that, that's not a good line because you're only getting four points for the passing touchdown. So, man, man, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. So, what, 4, 12, 12, 16, you got 14 points out of them? 16 because you get the two-point bonus. 17. So, he had about 17 points. So, that's... Mm, that's 17 points for Brady. Garoppolo then last week, 16 to 30. 232 yards, did have two passing touchdowns. Uh, one dreadful infer- interception and a rush for four yards. So what is that for Garoppolo? So eight, nine, nine plus eight, 17, minus two, 15. So it was about 15 points. Hmm. Joe Burrow, if you get 15 to 17 points, is it worth your price in there? Probably not if you're using Rams defense. 
If you if yeah, definitely if you're using the Rams defense, I don't think you can use Joe Burrow. You'd have to use you can use wide receivers and tight ends, but I don't think you would want to use Joe Burrow. I think that kind of goes against uh everything there. Oh Joey Logano won? Fuck. Damn it. I was gonna use Logano too. Austin Dillon finished though. Finished in third. Dang. I gotta look at my lineup here. See if anybody crashed. Aw, you bitch. What do you mean I didn't win? Aw. How many cars crashed? Aw, fuck you, Denny Hamlin. Denny Hamlin fucking killed me. The one time I used Denny Hamlin. Oh, hate that shit. AJ Allmendinger, I was going to use him too. God damn it. God bless a fucking America. Oh, I did use Allmendinger. <laughs> Allmendinger and, and uh, Austin Dillon. I got Kevin Harvick right. Damn. Martin Truex. Oh, all I needed to switch out was Blaney. And Hamlin, God damn it! I hate fucking NASCAR. But nobody, one crash, one crash. I I never get six across, never. All right, so running backs, uh, we're looking at two on here, right? So Joe Mixon and Samaj P. Ryan. Joe Mixon twelve thousand five hundred thirty-one and ninety-six hundred, good for fourth, fourth and fifth. Samaj P. Ryan seven thousand eleven and twenty-four hundred, good for seventeenth, twenty-first, and twenty-fifth. The Rams in 2021, 5th in rush defense DVOA, 24th versus running backs in the passing game. Interesting. 8th in points allowed to the RB position, 18.8 on FanDuel and 21.7 on DK. Now, Samaj P. Ryan getting that 41-yarder last week for the touchdown, that's going to intrigue a lot of people because... Honestly, I'm probably, just looking at it, I'm not really on Joe Mixon. Can he get it done? Yeah, I guess if Cincinnati has a couple of turnovers, he could get it, you know, get a couple short touchdowns in there. Uh, P. Ryan, though, if you're going Rams defense, uh, P. Ryan is of interest. We'll take a look at, you know, his past receptions. We'll take a look at his snap counts and stuff from the last couple of weeks. Uh, P. Ryan really did play a role last week, uh, which really kind of pissed me off. Uh, they also have their offensive guard, Jackson Carmen, uh, questionable with a back injury. So let's take a look at our running backs here the last three weeks. So Chase Edmonds, 8 for 28, uh, also did not catch his target. Uh, Connor, James Connor, 4 for 19 and a touchdown. Caught one of two targets, four or five yards. So we got a touchdown on the ground. Uh, Leonard Fournette, 13 of 51 on the ground. Two TDs, uh, nine for nine on his receiving for 56 yards. So a guy who's getting a ton of targets. And then you have Elijah Mitchell, 11 for 20 yards. Caught all three of his targets for 50 yards. That one really fucking surprised me. Um, You also have the D-tackle, Sebastian Joseph Day. 
quite possibly coming back from IR. We're going to pay attention to that. If he comes back from IR, I'm probably going to definitely stay away from Joe Mixon. Uh, pectoral strain. Um, Because that means that they're fully ready to go in the rush defense. So will I consider Samaj P. Ryan and Joe Mixon? Yeah, but Joe Mixon, he's got to get the touchdowns. He's got to get the touchdowns, but it's intriguing because a lot of people I don't think are going to be on Joe Mixon. Um, and that's one way that you can play it. Now, I wouldn't you if you're doing Ram, if you're doing Rams defense on there. I wouldn't go Mixon. I would go P Ryan uh, more than likely because Mixon wasn't getting into a lot of the receiving work last week. Um, I can't remember the two weeks prior. Um. But definitely Joe Mixon would have to get a touchdown. At his price, you probably want to have two touchdowns. I just don't know if that's possible. All right, so going to wide receivers, we have Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd. Those are going to be your three guys. We're not considering anybody else. Fuck Trent Taylor. I put him in there, but you're not looking at a special teams touchdown here, in my opinion. Uh, but Jamar Chase, 12,034, 10,004. Good for fifth, second, and fourth. So best price is over at FanDuel. T. Higgins, 10,005, 24, 7,600. Good for sixth, sixth, and seventh. Tyler Boyd, 8,500, 17, and 5,400. Good for 11th, 13th, and 13th. But we do know that T. Higgins and Jamar Chase have been the two main guys, right? So against wide receivers, the wide receiver won. The Rams were 16th in DVOA for 2021. Uh, for Against the wide receiver, two, 14th in DVOA there, and against the wide receiver, plus 16th. So pretty steady across the board. 21st in points allowed to the opposing team's wide receivers as a whole. 30 points per game on FanDuel, 38.4 on DK. Jamar Chase draw will and should draw mostly Darius Williams' coverage, uh, which he would have a terrific advantage of. T. Higgins would technically get Jalen Ramsey, but I do think we're going to see a little bit of Jalen Ramsey in the slot against Tyler Boyd because for whatever fucking reason, Jalen Ramsey still wants to do the center field position instead of shutting down one guy and forcing Burrow to throw to the other one, uh, which means that David Long Jr., probably isn't seeing Boyd. He's probably seeing more Higgins, to be completely honest. Now, Jalen Ramsey is questionable. Grant Haley, a backup corner, is questionable. And the the L.A. Rams may see cornerback Robert Rochelle return back from IR. We don't know yet. We'll find that out later in the week. Um, if Robert Rochelle comes back, I think you would see him more on Higgins, and then they would that would definitely put Ramsey in the slot. So let's see what happened the last three weeks. So we had Christian Kirk caught 6 of 11 targets for 51 yards. Rondale Moore, 5 for 6 for 32. And A.J. Green, 0 for 3. Uh, he did, uh, A.J. Green did see a little bit of Ramsey on that side. Uh, Mike Evans, who torched the shit out of Jalen Ramsey for the Buccaneers, 8 for 16, 119, and 1 touchdown. That was long. He got most of it on the one long touchdown. Uh, Scotty Miller, four for six, 38 yards in the slot. And then Tyler Johnson, one for three for nine yards. Debo Samuel, 
was four for seven, 72 yards and a touchdown. Also burned. Also burned. Ramsey. Uh, and then has seven rushes for 26 yards, of course. So Samuel, we were on him uh, last week. He definitely paid off with the touchdown. Uh, Brandon Ayuk wasn't too bad on the outside. He mostly saw uh, Darius Williams as well. Um, he caught f- uh, four of his eight targets for 69 yards, and then Jawan Jennings, two for two for eight yards. So slot is not looking good whatsoever uh, for Tyler Boyd. Not saying he's not in play as some kind of sneaky fucking contrarian thing, but Jamar Chase and T. Higgins really are the guys that I'm going to be kind of focusing on uh, for my lineups. I don't know if I'm doing Joe Burrow, but I do know I will have Jamar Chase and T. Higgins included somewhere. Now, if we look at the tight end position, the Rams, fourth in DVOA against the tight end, 12th in points allowed to the tight end position at 9.5 points on FanDuel, 12.1 on DK. Uh, C.J. Uzoma, if he is playing, would draw coverage from Travin Howard. I don't have a lot of respect for Travin Howard. I don't. The safeties, that middle, it's going to be open. It's going to be open. I don't even know if they can run a safety coverage on the outside that's going to stop Jamar Chase. I have interest in T. Higgins. I do. I just do. But C.J. Uzoma, if he plays, 7,500, 16, and 4,400, good for 15th, 15th, and 18th. He's going to be the only guy that I'm really going to consider because if Uzoma doesn't play, it's like what I said last week, T. Higgins did most of the tight end type work because of how big he is, more capable receiver than, say, backup uh, tight end Drew Sample, 6,500, 10, and 4,200, good for 19th, 22nd, and 19th. Yeah, that's a value, but I think you're wasting your I think you're wasting your salary if you go Drew Sample. If you're looking at tight end with CJ Uzoma not playing, T. Higgins would probably be the guy that I would look at. Zach Ertz in the first week, three for four, twenty-one yards. Rob Gronkowski caught four of eleven targets for eighty-five. And then George Kittle, two for five, twenty-seven yards, and a touchdown. I think if Uzoma plays. Man, if if Uzoma plays, that he's a value guy. That's a value. They really wanted to keep have him involved for whatever fucking reason. Every single week, they've had him involved. So if Uzoma plays, he definitely is in play for value, and he might be the key to this whole thing. So keep him in mind, and we move on to the kicker. Evan McPherson. How can you not like the kid, right? Remember, kickers only involved on FanDuel and DK. 9,000 over on FanDuel, 4,000 on DK. 10th and 20th. You get the price discount over on... Um, <laughs> Jesus, my brain is farting. On DK for sure. Uh, the Rams are 20th in points allowed to the kicker position, 7.88 points per game. First game against Matt Prater, Prater, my bad, uh, hit his lone field goal. Uh, he was one for one, 
Ryan suck up the next week for Tampa, hit two of three field goals, and also three of three for extra points. So that comes out to six, nine points right there. Robbie Gold, one for one on the field goals, two for two on the extra points, so that's five points there. Evan McPherson has been his own kind of animal, right? Cincy, they get down there, they stall out, they have no problems. No problems whatsoever with McPherson. Now I'm going to go back and I'm going to go take a look at a couple, you know, a few of the games. We can do that when we do the target sheet. Let's look at the kickers. Let's see what they've been willing to do with their kickers. But Evan McPherson, I can definitely see the Bengals just kind of utilizing him. Now if that... It's more Evan McPherson, I think, the closer the game is. If they're trailing, then you have to consider more of, uh, you know, the Bengals wide receivers, the tight end, you know, maybe P. Ryan. But if you think this game is going to be close, if you think it's going to be within three points, which I believe it can be, think McPherson's in play. Now, I'd probably like McPherson a little bit more if I thought that the Bengals were going to be playing from ahead. Um, but like I said, the, the offensive line kind of scares me that quite possibly we are dealing with a situation where they're going to be playing from behind. Uh, more throwing from Joe Burrow. So we'll pay attention to that. Um, we'll see how, I, you know, I got to go back. We got to go back. Marty, we got to go back to the future. It's your kids, Marty. Something's got to be done about your fucking kids. Uh, so then Cincinnati Bengals defense, $13 on Yahoo. They're not on FanDuel. $13 on Yahoo, 3200 on DK, 18 and 24 respectively. So the LA Rams are 13th in points allowed to opposing teams' defenses at 5.71. Uh, against Arizona, they had one sack, three quarterback hits, no interceptions. Against Tampa, two sacks, eight quarterback hits, four fumbles recovered. <laughs> and then uh, the 49ers, two sacks, nine quarterback hits. So he's been home. He's been pretty safe. I'm talking about Matt Stafford. He's he's been holding the ball. He's been pretty safe with it. Um. Man, I don't know. I don't know. Bengals <sighs> defense. I think they're in play, but they're. I don't see. It's all about perspective on the game and where everybody's going to go, right? So, obviously, if anybody's going to pick a defense, it's probably going to be the Rams. Um, and then. You know, if you go running back, it's going to be the Rams. If you do quarterback, it's probably they're probably looking at Joe Burrow. And then, of course, wide receivers outside of Cooper Cup, you're looking more at um, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins. And then the tight end, I mean, that's really kind of up in the air if you do another target on there. See, because if you usually, if you use two of a quarterback's targets in one game, you're more inclined to use the quarterback for that team too. But man, 
It's sketchy. It's so sketchy. Because Cooper Cup's like 150-some-odd yards away from breaking um, uh, Larry Fitzgerald's record for uh, receiving in the playoffs. That's what gets me intrigued that he's going to try it. And, you know, Stafford and all them are going to try it. So I can see him getting the yards and maybe a touchdown. I don't know about two. If he gets two, then that kind of puts Stafford kind of in play, even without the other um, receiving targets in there. So, and this and this is the shit that keeps me up at night. Um, not so much you guys, but when I put this shit together, I have to think about this stuff and I have to think it through. So, and and that's part of the process you know, during the year and why you don't see quarterbacks, but maybe I like a, you know, wide receiver, a couple of the targets. It's, you know, can I see the quarterback throwing interceptions that brings down his, you know, point total and kills his value and all that type of stuff. But here we're looking at total points. So in reality, um, it's a little bit of a different slate. It's kind of like this, the Pro Bowl where, you know, you could just put, basically put anybody in there. You could have put four fucking quarterbacks in there if you really wanted to, uh, but whether or not it would have worked out was kind of the was kind of the question. But we got all week. We can deal with this as we go. Take a look at it. Maybe fit some lineups. See what happens. Ooh, that's what we can do. That maybe we'll do that on Thursday. That'd be fun. Let's do the betting stuff a little bit earlier. Maybe not tomorrow. We'll do targets tomorrow. Oh, I got it. We'll do targets tomorrow. Tuesday, Wednesday. FanDuel DK. Sports betting. And then let's build some lineups on Thursday. Get your shit reserved. We're going all out, motherfuckers. Peace out. Have a good night. Let's start the week out right. <laughs>